the biggest games. A perfect season complete. The Wanakee Warriors are your state champions in Division II. The most compelling stories. 50 years for Title IX. That's incredible. And this is the 50th anniversary. The area's best high school sports coverage. This is Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. And here we go, less than a week away from the high school football season. This is the triumphant return of Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania right here on 100.5 ESPN. The ESPN app and Wisconsin On Demand. How you doing, everybody? Hope you're having an awesome week. Alex Strofe hanging out with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. I'll be joined shortly by the Dean of Area High School Sports, the great Dennis Semrau, once again. Leading our coverage this year on Zimbrick Honda's Prep Mania kickoff. Just six days away from this Friday, Thursday, August 18th is our first game of the season as Monona Grove takes on Sun Prairie East. Got to keep that in mind as Sun Prairie West and Sun Prairie East. Now separate high schools in the city of Sun Prairie. We've got a great program for you ahead tonight. Not one, not two, not three, but 12 area high school head coaches. Join me and Dennis throughout the program tonight over the course of the next two hours to preview the upcoming season. And we will be everywhere this season. The next two weeks, Thursday and Friday, we'll carry live games beginning at 6.30 p.m. right here at 100.5 ESPN. All the way through Camp Randall Stadium when the state championship games take place in November. So excited for the ride to begin and happy to have you along with us. We're with you until 8 o'clock tonight previewing the high school football season. Before we get into it, got to tell you about our awesome friends once again leading the charge for us here on Prep Mania, and that would be our the great folks over at Zimbraconda. Because for nearly 50 years, Zimbraconda has provided the Madison area with quality Honda vehicles. The trusted staff there at Zimbraconda will help you find the car that matches your style. If you're in the market for a new or used Honda, visit Zimbraconda on the east side of Madison today or go to Zimbraconda.com to search current inventory. That's Zimbraconda.com. Well, let's get right into it. It's football season, Dennis. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Counting the days, what we got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, most weeks between high school and college and pro. Glad to see the Badgers are not playing on a Friday night. Oh, this year. Yes, if that first game had been Friday night, I already told the athletic director we're moving our game to Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I am not missing that. <laughs> You're the voice of Rodney Weddick, the head coach at Milton High School, and the laugh of the great Mike Harris from Madison Memorial High School joining us in studio for part one of our Coaches Roundtable. Fellas, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Rodney, let's start with you. Uh, we're recording this just a couple days into the practice uh, season, so give us kind of your early takeaways uh, of Milton and how everything's going for your crew down there. Well, the numbers have rebounded. You know, post-COVID, um, I think it was it's good. We're, you know, we're at about, you know, each class, younger classes, we're at 35 to 40 for the freshmen and the sophomores, you know, and about 50 varsity guys. So that's that's been very nice. Um you know, we got a lot of guys back. We got a lot of great kids. I mean, we we back had a normal summer. 
uh, you know, where we had the kids in, and, you know, I think we got a lot better. Um, but, you know, obviously the reshuffling of the conferences, again, we know we've got our work cut out for us. So, you know, it's going to be – there is – every week is just going to be a grind. And, and Mike knows that, too, in the Big 8, that there's no, there's no easy outs. Mike, same question to you. How's everything going? Early takeaways for you uh, here as we are just a couple days in. You bet. Thanks, Alex. Well, you know, kind of the same sentiments. It's a lot of rejuvenation. If you guys recall, we had the 16-month hiatus for the Madison schools. So um, there's really a high anticipation with our guys. They're very excited. The parents are very excited. We had an awesome summer session. Um, You know, our summer pride workouts were very well attended, and uh, we're just really excited to get rolling and get everything steamrolling ahead. I guess we'll start with you, Mike. Have you noticed the enthusiasm level since we had a year or that break that maybe this means more to people? I know we, we always talk about parents and people in the stands sometimes. Hey, you know, you have a good thing and you didn't have it, so appreciate it. Do you get that sense of appreciation having football back? I think, Dennis, the strongest appreciation is uh, getting rid of the mask mandate. I mean, <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to host our, our film sessions with this mask covering was really kind of a difficult thing. But in all seriousness, um, Everyone is very ecstatic to, to really get things going back to our sense of normalcy right now. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest things that we're noticing as a staff is uh, the retention and what the athletes that are coming back returning from the 2021 season have. And um, they're, they're a step ahead than where we were uh, a year ago at this time. So. Yeah, no, you had, uh, Rodney, you had an alternate season. Right, we had a spring season. So what was that last year playing 20 games in the span of oh, 9, 10 months? Yeah, it was not pleasant at all. It, you know, and the thing is, too, you know, you have, you know, when you tried to do the alternate season, you have kids that are still in track, in baseball, mm-hmm. and then they're, you know, they're playing summer AAU basketball. And so our summer program was kind of interrupted and kind of a mess. And then, like I said, you've got kids turning around and yeah, I don't think they had the enthusiasm because it was like, oh, you know, where, when do, can I get away? So this year, yeah, I, I've noticed just, you know, the kids, like, they're at practice, practice is over, they're still kind of hanging out where they're just a lot more enthusiastic about being there. And, and I think that will translate to the parents as well. I think everyone's, you know, everyone's settled back into that routine and everyone's looking forward to football. Yeah, guys, looking back to your days when you were playing, it's the team bonding, the, the togetherness. Maybe you don't remember the wins, but you remember the bus trips. That, that had to be the missing factor, right. the Absolutely. socialization for kids. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah I, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, um, the friendships that are there, we had our 35th high school reunion this year. And so um, the bonding that we had, and again, we don't remember the scores of what we had <laughs> back when we were seniors in high school, but it was the, the friendships and that collegiality that we built to all throughout those four years. And it was just wonderful to see the, the, the team members come back. How's football changed from when you were playing to now, Mike? Oh. <laughs> well, I had the, the joy of seeing my high school football coach, Wally Shessel, this summer. He came back from Texas. Um, he met everyone. We had a great, great uh, – uh, several former coaches and older coaches. Coach Richter was there. And, um, you know, what I recall is that there was a heck of a lot of conditioning. Um, and I think it was not haphazard, but it was really kind of uh, – uh, we're going to grind it out mentality to try to see how tough you are to stay on the field as opposed to can we teach the lessons that we want our players to leave the program with? Can we get our schematics going so that they can retain it from year in and year out? And can we build a little bit more uh, uh, retention through our, through our youth program? So that's a big difference from when I was playing. How about for you, Rodney? Well, really, to me, the biggest difference was, you know, I was a small-town Wisconsin farm kid, so, you know, we all showed up after the summer you know, and we had just started, you know, so I'm mid-80s, so we had, they had started a lifting program and open gyms and things like that. But it was nothing like now, you know, where you, if you're not training 
pretty much year round, you know, at, at our levels, you, it's tough for a kid to compete. So I think that's one of the biggest things. And then the other biggest thing is kind of the, <clears throat> you know, the different club sports and different things during the summer that are all battling, you know, where some of these kids are playing 70 baseball games in the summer um, yeah. <laughs> and things like that. And it's, it's just, you know, that's one of the biggest but from the coaching now standpoint, from when I first started coaching, summer used to be kind of, okay, this is for him to improve at every sport. You lift, go play basketball, hit the batting cage, where now you've got all of these club teams that are kind of grabbing at these kids, you know, dangling the mighty scholarship in front of them. And, it, you know, it's, it's been tough. That's kind of a tough battle for me. Yeah, on that, Rodney, I mean, is it with, with some of your kids, is it pushing them to do the other sports, right? Get into track, get into basketball, right. be multifaceted. Is, yeah. that, is that an important emphasis? Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, I've been very fortunate. At Milton, we have a lot of two, three-sport athletes. Right. But I'm telling you, it's getting so much tougher to be a three-sport athlete these days because you have all these different coaches pulling at you. And, and a lot of, you know, like I said, it's become this almost a status symbol to get this scholarship. So you've got, you know, you've got parents driving to Atlanta for a weekend of, six baseball games where you know a high school pitcher can throw what 70 pitches in three days and these kids are out there playing six games and you know three days so you know it's that's one of the biggest things i've noticed different yeah mike obviously with your track background i know how you feel about the (laughs) multi-sport athlete thing but would love to hear you riff on that for a minute too i think i think it's it's one of those where the beauty of the sport is building the friendships and how else do you learn about accepting constructive criticism from others than to be engaged in other sports and activities um, and I agree wholeheartedly with Ro- what Rodney was saying, is that there's another derivative. There's some other drive that's pulling athletes to go into uh, whatever kind of specialization, whether it be club or going to specialized training, et cetera. And I really feel that a lot of it is due to uh, what's going on with social media and the social media posts. Everyone sees it, and they want to have that fancy selfie in front of the scoreboard <laughs> or whatever's going on at a specific camp or stadium. And, you, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is, what is it, uh, uh, 1% of those athletes are actually going to go on and have some success at the college level. Right. And so we're really stressing, let's have fun. Let's enjoy each other's company and let's be kids the way they should be during the summer. And, uh, and most importantly, enjoy the great sport that we have with football. Is, it, is the message different now? You talk about social media. What do you have to tell the kids Yes, I want you to do this. And what do you have to monitor now maybe that didn't have to when you were playing? Well, I think one of the things is they they have to be smart, Um, you know, because a lot of times some kids, they may think something is funny and that they post, but it could be also offensive, you know, and and especially going back to that, you know, kids do actually want to play at the next level. You know, they've got to clean up all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now they do. It, it's the world we live in. There is self-promotion that, you know, they kind of need to get out there. But, you know, at the same time, I think as a program, you almost we try to, you know, not me personally, Mike, because I'm too old. But, you know, I get the younger kids to promote the team through social media and things like that. So, yeah, that's that's an entirely different world. But everyone's so connected, you know, and that's the way, uh, you know, the college coaches reach out to some kids, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. You know, I saw something where you know no one, no one from this generation, the younger generation, is going to ever be able to run for president because everything they've got on social media. <laughs> right. Well, Rodney, you kind of alluded to it before. Before your joke, there, uh, nice one by the way. Uh, but you, you talked about kind of being the smallest of the large. And Mike, you were mentioned earlier, kind of your 16 month layoff. Is there kind of an underdog mentality for both of you guys in your squads, or do you not try not to look at it that way? Oh no, absolutely. You know, I sell it that way because because again, you know, we I've always said. 
you have to know who you are. And who we are is we are not going to go line up with a team like Iwanaki or Sun, and we're not going to out-athlete them. I know that's not a word, but you know what I'm saying? But if we all work together as a team, we can beat them. You know, so we can't, you know, there is no week where we can show up, play sloppy on our schedule. If we don't play our best, we're going to lose. It doesn't matter, you know, week one or week nine. But at the same time, we know that, that, hey, we can't make mistakes. We have to play together. And, and I think that's kind of what drives us. And, you know, we've done that. And I think our kids have done a pretty good job of buying into that, that, that we know, hey, we're not, we're not just better than them. You know what I mean? We can't just show up. You know, there were times, you know, when I was coaching at Bigfoot where I knew there were games where I could probably stay home and we're going to win. We, we just out-athlete them. But, you know, we know, I know in this conference that's never going to be the case for us. So, yeah, we sell that, yeah. The underdog mentality is definitely one that we always have. And, you know, the unique thing about Memorial High School is I would say we're probably one of the most diverse programs that we have in the city, perhaps in the Big 8, maybe even the southern half of the state, whether it be with our coaching staff, with our athletes, not just racially but also socioeconomically as well. So um, when we look at some of those factors and we talk about what makes us unique, we try to let the athletes know this is the real world, and we're enjoying each other's company. We're having great football, and we're, we're doing our best to be successful. But uh, kind of like what Rodney was saying, you know, it's not, not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. That's kind of the mentality that we try to go with as well with the players. Great answers. Loved it. And I guess the last thing would be on, on the fields. Uh, situation for Memorial, you're going to have turf next year? Next year, not this year. So this year they did loser. They did loser. Side. And what's what are your thoughts on on going from that from a usability standpoint? I guess more than it's anything, gratitude because you share it with West. Right? We do share with West. It's gratitude. We're so thankful for the city of Madison for passing that referendum. Um, many people don't have the insider's view, Dennis, like you and I have when we go into the buildings or we see the athletic facilities, and we know how the athletes are using it. We know how beneficial it is for all athletes, both at West or Memorial. So having the, the city believe in what the, the teachers and the school district are doing so we could get that referendum to make our facility safer and more enjoyable, um, we're very, very uh, humbled and very, very gracious. And what's the situation at Milton all these days? Uh, with everybody else, it seems like get, getting the turf field. Well, you know, to be honest with you, so they passed the referendum, you know, so they just finished up uh, the new school, the new field house and things like that. Um, I, I like our bowl stadium, you know, with the grass. I really do. I, so I joked. I said, how about just an indoor practice facility instead? <laughs> you know, if you're going to ask, you know, you might as well go big. But, no, I, I'm glad for you because when I was at Bloyd Memorial, we played a couple week nine games on that field. Oh, and it now, takes a beating. Uh, yeah, that field takes a beating. But, you know, like I said, I, you know, and if, if the administration, that's one of those things where it's like I'm, I'm not going to lobby for it. If, it. if it happens, it happens. But. You know, I, I'm not important enough to make those kind of decisions. So, well, you I do just, have that old old school the, the bowl. I mean, we've I called did, yeah. games from there. Yeah, I think from the press box, looking right into the sun across. Hey, the field. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You get but, an early uh, season yeah. game that's not good. It, you know, because there there was some talk about it, but one of the problems was that the because of the way it's built and where it's built uh, to expand it, you're basically taking out a hill, possibly even take trying to take out a street. It's just where it's located now where you'd almost have to build a different facility so but again like i said i'd if they do it that's you know i'm fine where we're at fair enough i could probably do this for another 30 minutes but we gotta we gotta we gotta take a break as we roll on here on zimbraconda's presentation of prep mania mike harris from madison memorial rodney Wedig from milton high school guys really appreciate the time and best of luck this year all right thank you very much Thanks, alex guys. dennis thank you very much more of the coaches roundtable next right here on espn madison 
time for some Norski and Viking talk here on Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania, the Coach's Roundtable Edition. Alongside the Dean, Dennis Semrau, I'm Alex Strofe, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Excited to be joined now by two longtime coaches in the area. From DeForest, Aaron Mack. From Stoughton, Jason Becker with us. Fellas, appreciate the time. Always appreciate and being on. Hey, thanks for having us. And I got to—I really have to say thank you to my boss, uh, Jason Barry, um, actually from Sun Prairie. He, uh, he always lets me get away and find a quiet place here at work to kind of do this. So very appreciative of my employer allowing this. We're also appreciative of your employer, Mac. We, we appreciate him and you for taking um, some time. So, guys, obviously just a couple days into practices as, as we're getting going here uh, as we record. Aaron, we'll start with you. Just a couple quick takeaways. Tell us about your DeForest Norskis this year and how the first couple of practices have gone. You know, it's typical day one and day two. It's chaotic, and it's guys trying to find their way, um, but very happy, happy with our our quality of kids and our quantity of kids and, uh, you know, the way they've worked the last two days has, has been a good sign. Jason, same question to you. Early takeaways and what what we should look for this year for the Vikings, uh, even when even though you don't have a home game till uh, week five once your stadium's done. Yeah, I mean, you know, to echo what Aaron said, you know, days one and two are, are always a little chaotic, but uh, really excited about our numbers this year. We've got a huge freshman class, which kind of offsets a small uh, – small senior class and I think the excitement is certainly building like you said uh, kind of practicing in the shadows of Collins Field and and seeing that progress as we get ready to reopen that with turf on week five. Well this has been a good rivalry between your schools and now you're in the same conference. Something about DeForest and Stoughton being Badger small that just doesn't you know seeing how both communities have grown. Uh, What do you guys I guess we'll start with uh, uh, with you, Jason, on the realignment, uh, what do you, has that been a positive with the WIA and the WFCA has done the last few years? Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly, obviously, we want to create some competitive equity and, and balance across across the state. Not just worried about the Badger Conference, and um, you know, to to have somebody like the Forest come into our conference, you know, on on this side of it is is certainly a great addition, especially with their recent success feel a little bit bad for Reedsburg and Baraboo to be honest with you you know I think their travel is going to increase but uh, I don't think there's a perfect science to the realignment piece of it and I think it's just going to have to be kind of that ongoing process of monitoring uh, enrollments and different things and seeing what we can do to, to balance things out as much as possible. Yeah, that realignment really affects uh, you Aaron and Wanakee to Forest week seven eight nine it's week one. Yeah, that is, that is going to be a little different, you know, for us. Um, but I think you just have to accept that it's going to be ever-changing. And, you know, it's kind of like the landscape of college football, that it's not always going to be the way it used to, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I, I just wish we could find a little bit more consistency in our area long-term so you did know who was going to be in your conference. But again, with growing communities and growing enro- enrollments, it's it's kind of where the thing shook out for us. And we're you know we're going to play good football no matter whether you're in the large or the small. There's a lot of really good football teams, a lot of good players, a lot of good coaches. So you have to be ready to go um, every week. So I don't think that really matters where how it shakes out. 
And uh, Sun Prairie now splitting to two coming to the large. They're going to be back in the Big Eight. You just know it, the growth of that community. So we're going to have some more change, of course. But uh, the uh, seating, last year we went to electronic seating for the playoffs. I guess, uh, Aaron, your take on that, how that went. And the old days where you might have to drive two hours for a 10-minute meeting, you know, that uh, trying to figure out who you're playing that first week. I enjoyed the fact about <clears> – <throat> the 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 effort to do the electronic seating but my my take is this until we come out and say as an association and the wia says we are truly trying to find a state championship the ultimate thing that we have to get corrected is groupings you have to get the groupings right before any of the seating matters because if you don't get the groupings right of who you're paired up against and how if it's just done regionally then all you're finding is regional champions and sectional champions, and then two teams get to play at state at the end of the year. It's not truly the best system for finding the two best teams. And I think we have to identify that and say that to the WIA, that that is what the goal of a state championship is, if that's what you're going to call it. And right now you don't have that. You know, I would agree uh, with a lot of what Aaron's saying. And, and I think back to, you know, when both of us were playing in the South Central Conference and, you know, I hear, I hear schools and especially administrators complaining about maybe that travel distance in, in week one of the playoffs. And, you know, it wasn't out of the question for us to be traveling two hours being a Central Wisconsin team. And so I think at the end of the day, if you earn the right to compete in the playoffs and you're one of those, you know, top four teams, I really think I agree with Aaron that we should be splitting those teams apart um, you know, and, and not worrying so much about ge- geography in terms of determining who those pods are before we seed. Oh, travel time. It's a Friday night, right? I mean, <laughs> 100%. And, I mean, you look at us last year where we were, in, in round two we go three hours north. And I'm okay with that, but then that should be paired across the board to find out where the best teams are. And however it shakes out from that, I think then we're happy as coaches. Interesting stuff there. Aaron Mack, DeForest, Jason Becker from Stoughton joining us here on Zimbraconda's Prep Mania. Jason, we were talking a little bit off the air, but uh, obviously a big new stadium coming for, for Stoughton. We, we, uh, brand new turf field. You talked a little bit earlier about the press box and all that. Just bring us up to speed on the construction going on over at Stoughton. Yeah, you know, when we initially talked about this project uh, with our previous athletic director, Mel Dow, the original plan was just to replace the playing surface. We were going to go from grass to turf and had started to fundraise in the community. And and right before we had gotten to kind of that end goal, uh, we were blessed with a a million-dollar donation from Keith Anderson, an alumni. And, um, you know, he's like, hey, listen, I want to make this place a destination. I want to make it a community uh, facility. And, and as you guys know from calling games at, uh, at Collins in the past, when it was more of a deer stand-like uh, press box, we're pretty excited <laughs> to finally have a, have a nice space for you guys with a press box. And, uh, you know, following the lead of DeForest and some of those other, um, you know, programs in the area and using Midwest turf. So we know that our, our playing surface is going to be phenomenal and really looking forward to finally getting to play on it week five. Dennis, I know I typically interview the coaches when we do this, but are you more excited for the turf field, which I know you love, or the press box? What, what, what excites you most, Dennis? Well, I, I'm excited for the turf field for a couple of reasons. One, having a daughter that uh, went to uh, Middleton, and she was a softball player in the spring. They could get out there. My son went to Edgewood. Unfortunately, they don't have lights. That's now, now okay, here's my rant for the day. New <laughs> president, new athletic director, 
new principal, new basketball coach be coming in. Okay, maybe we can turn it around so that we can have some football games over there because it's all about the experience for the kids. And you know, we asked Tommy Ramish from Wanakee, our first profile, what it's like to come down that tunnel at Camp Randall Stadium and that, under that turf. And now all these high schools in the area, you know, I wanted to ask you, uh, um, Aaron, about your situation now. What you know, we talked a little bit about construction, but. Um, it's phenomenal for the kids to have this experience, but it's how many other things. Uh, yeah. I think you talked to uh, uh, Jason about the community, how many use it. Up in Sauk Prairie, they had done a survey that their fields and, and for school were used by more in the community than anywhere around the state. They went through a major referendum and done some wonderful jobs up there. But you know, you look around in Wanakee and Stoughton and DeForest and Lodi, McFarland, the schools now in the city of Madison, we have... Uh, Lusier, this was uh, turf this summer, and next year it'll be Mansfield on the west side, which is used by two programs, Western Memorial. So you look at usage, you look at experience for the kids. So I look at that first. Press box is great. The best part is when we're doing the studio shows, and we'd watch the games, and Jay Wilson was out there, and they're out in the rain, and we're laughing, but we're back in the studio. Well, now we're out there, so you want to be covered. I don't want to be getting getting <laughs> soaked, but uh, again, it's all about the kids' experience. There you go. Great answer from the Dean, Dennis Semra. We'll refocus with Jason Becker from Stoughton and Aaron Mack from DeForest. We'll do that next as the Coach's Roundtable edition of Zimbraconda's Prep Mania rolls on right here on 100.5 ESPN. Lately, I've been, I've been thinking, I want you to Rolling out on the Coach's Roundtable edition of Zimbraconda's Prep Mania. Alex Strofe, the Dean, Dennis Semrau, continuing our conversation with Jason Becker from Stoughton and Aaron Mack from DeForest. Dennis, go ahead. Again, you've had uh, so much you know, chaos over there, but uh, what has the impact of the turf fields and all that had on your program? Uh, we'll start, start with uh, you, Aaron. Uh, coming out of the pandemic, how are things looking over there? Really good. Um, they're really finishing up on all the, the athletic facilities, parking, all that type of stuff. Our baseball field, softball field, they're now on campus. Um, all, of the, all of our fields for all levels. And then, you know, the just the fact of that stadium at DMB that we have and now, you know, all the construction being done there, it really is a uh, beautiful thing for all of our athletic programs and community events. And uh, Jason, your numbers, uh, how things been going Stonewise, uh, freshman to senior? Yeah, I mean, you know, our, our numbers have actually increased this season, and, and I'm, I'm excited because, um, you know, we do have a small senior class after graduating a really large, uh, you know, senior class this past year. And so, of course, numbers become a concern. But when we look into our youth, we're, we're sitting over 30 kids in every one of our classes for the next five years. And uh, for us, that's going to be huge because I don't – I don't recall in talking to some of our past coaches when Stoughton's had an enrollment, uh, you know, or a, a number of kids over 100 for football in a long time. And we're going to be close this year and we're going to be over 100 next year. So we're really excited about that helping with our future. Yeah, that's really exciting. And, you know, it seems to be kind of across the area numbers are back up after obviously the pandemic. So that's uh, that's that's awesome to hear. Now, I, I just want to ask, because I mentioned Jason or you mentioned Jason, large freshman class. Any of them going to be making an appearance on varsity or a little too early to tell? Uh, you know, it's probably too early to tell. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in and we're going to play the best guys on Friday nights, um, you know, and, and, and we've certainly got some athletes in that class. 
but you know, being days one and two, things have been pretty slow. <laughs> I don't know if we're quite there yet, but uh, there's there's that door's always open for the right guy. How about uh, we'll start with you, Jason? A player on offense and a player on defense for us to watch this year. Um, you know, player on offense, I got to go with Ty Fernholtz. You know, I I, I think. Um, a lot of people know him, obviously, on the hardwood and, and the great you know career he's had. And I say career even though he's only going to be a junior uh, in, in basketball, but he's, he's taken over at quarterback this year for us. And his athleticism allows us to get back to what we really want to have in a quarterback and, and truly be a dual threat um, you know, individual there. And uh, so, so we're excited to have him leading the offense. And then defensively, I, I think you got to look at Griffin Empey. You know, he's an uh, all-conference kid there last year. He, he's state runner-up again at heavyweight and wrestling. He's got a lot of great recruiting interest going on right now. And, um, you know, he was, he was the only guy when we voted for captains that was selected by every player on our team. So I think that speaks really highly of, of him and what our, you know, what our guys think about him. And, and so we're excited to have both those guys leading us. And how about uh, for you, Aaron? You know, I think uh, the, the thing with us is we have some kids that we need to find out on defense. Um, but the thing that, you know, we've played really good defense around here and there's not really one kid – um, but the thing that I really like about this group of seniors and our varsity group is the unit themselves and the way they are um, have come together as a team. Uh, we've had a lot of great buy-in over the summer, a lot of great leadership. You know, out of our quarterback Mason Keys, he's obviously one that everybody's going to talk about. Um, but really, that entire unit is going to be balanced again. You know, they're going to be able to run and throw the football, and that's a good thing. And then on defense, we got some guys who will have to make some names for themselves. Um, Javion Coons, uh, D-tackle, uh, is, is one. Uh, Caleb Ben Dixon, a linebacker. And then Dominic Marcourt in the back end. You know, these kids have all put in great work over the summer. And the beauty about this group is, is they've sat behind two really good classes, but yet they've won football on their levels. And now they're going to earn that opportunity to kind of leave their legacy and leave their mark on this program. And that's what I'm most excited to see. I guess I'll go back to you, uh, Jason. Uh, you look at the conference around the state. Anything better than the Badger? What's it like to be in the Badger Conference? Well, you know, I, I think the Badger Conference, um, you know, really kind of speaks for itself. Certainly having, you know, the success that both Wanakee and DeForest have had, you know, elevates us as it is. And I think last year, what you really saw is you saw the rest of the teams in the conference start to, you know, start to strive to reach that goal. Obviously, Mount Horeb had a great season. Fort Atkinson had a great run. Um, you know, Portage starting to win, and and I think right that success breeds success uh, across the board in the conference. And so it's like Aaron said earlier. You know, in the Badger, you're going to have a dogfight week in and week out, and and so you got to get yourself ready to play. And it's it's anybody's chance to win a game. And Aaron, your take, uh, especially you know, now you look at Sun Prairie coming in you know, the Badger. Everybody's talked about the Big Eight. We always thought, well, Big Eight's got some good athletes, but I don't think the Badger Conference is going to take a back seat. No, I really don't think it is. And and that is the beauty of our our conference. Is I truly don't believe there are any gimmies that you can circle in our conference, and that's a credit to the you know the youth coaches and the middle school coaches that prepare these kids to see the growth that programs are having and the sustained success, you kind of get it all um, in the Badger, whether it's the large or the small. All right, guys, last thing for me, I can't help but bring it up. Week five, 
DeForest, Stoughton, brand new stadium at Stoughton. Jason, a little smack talk or a little side bet? What, what, what are we doing here? We're, we've only got like six weeks until you two match up, so I, I definitely have to ask him. I don't know. Maybe losers got to buy a buy the next round of golf, uh, <laughs> something. You know, Aaron and I have had had the, the privilege of being able to coach against each other for a long time between the South Central and the Badger, and uh, we know you know we know what we're going to get uh, every time we face DeForest and um, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I think we both have really good early season schedules. We got some good tests. Obviously, him, Wanakee, week one, us, Oregon, and, and then Wisconsin Rapids week two. Um, so I think we're, you know, that's going to be kind of the middle of the season. We b- should both be playing good football. I think it's going to be a great matchup to, to open up the new stadium. Yeah, right in the middle of the year. Uh, that was the nicest smack talk I've ever heard, by the way, Becker. Uh, Aaron, you looking forward to that one? Obviously, a brand new stadium in the area. Going to be cool to be the first road team to, to, to play there. But any smack talk for your old friend Becker over here? No, yeah, the best of us until, you know, but really the first time. So I, I really can't talk because uh, we, we haven't really gotten – when it comes down to our teams, he's gotten the best of me. So I have a few more to go before I can get into any talking. <laughs> but just know that, you know, with us opening with Wanakee and Kimberly, um, we're going to be battle-tested and a really good conference schedule we roll right into. And they're going to be looming there right smack dab in the middle and, uh, you know, a hard-nosed physical team that we're going to have to you know play and uh, look forward to opening up their stadium. Yeah, that's a that's probably the toughest two week stretch in the state to start off the season there, Mac. That is a uh, that is talk about battle tested. You are not kidding uh, when you see. You know, it, when we were looking for an opponent in week two, people thought I was nuts. Um, but it's one. <laughs> it's how highly I think of our kids and our coaches, and I ultimately believe that you know if you want to elevate your program, you have to you have to go up against the best and. Those two have been for a long time, and uh, you know it's just a good measuring stick to find out where we're at and what we need to work on and and where we need to go. Um, but it could really jolt us into uh, a longer run. Now, the conference title could come down to who you play in the crossover because that crossover game counts as part of the standings. I understand correct? Um, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's counting as a w as a playoff uh, qualifying game, but I believe just small games are counting for small, for, for large games are title. counting for conference title. Okay. Yep, that's my understanding of it as well. Well, there you go, Aaron Mack from DeForest, Jason Becker from Stoughton. Fellas, appreciate the time. Best of luck this year. And Aaron, just to go back to your earlier point, every high school football coach is nuts, but we we love you for it. We appreciate the time, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. More next. It's the Coach's Roundtable edition of Zimbraconda's Prep Mania. Rolling on on Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. It's the Coach's Roundtable. Alex Grove, the Dean, Dennis Semrau with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. I'm excited for this portion of the program, Dennis, because we get to talk to two newbies, two, two new guys taking over programs, which is really exciting. Uh, in Verona, taking over for the legend, Coach Richardson. Andrew Riley with us. We talked a little bit earlier this year, but excited to uh, pick his brain now that we're in to football season. And I don't know how often you've gotten to say this in your career, Dennis. A brand new program, a brand new head Never. coach, a first-time uh, uh, head coach at this school, Sun Prairie West, which will open here in the fall. Josh O'Connor with us as well. Fellas, thanks so much for, for coming in and taking the time. Thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate it. 
So, Andrew, let's start with you. Obviously, we talked a couple months ago about uh, your uh, time to take over, obviously, for Coach Richardson in Verona. Really exciting time for you. We're about a week into practices. Bring us up to speed. How's everything going for you in your first year? Everything's going really well. I tell you what, the, the guys' energy, effort, communication has been top tier. Um, we bring up the little things, right? That's that's what we need to change to go from 6-3 and three to 7-2, and 8-1, to host a home playoff game, which is big for our seniors this year to win our first playoff game in seven years. So, it's been great. Um, we're off the ground running. We had a great team bonding night on Saturday, uh, bag tournament, all that fun stuff, little campfire when it's 93 degrees <laughs> outside. Uh, but I can't, I can't talk enough about these guys. The coaching staff has, has been doing great to start this season. And you had Coach Richardson now. He's still not on the staff, but he's still there as the strength coach or as running the, the weight, weight program, right? The That's right. Room. He's still our strength and fitness center coordinator, uh, helping us out with our off-season workouts and our in-season workouts. And, you know, he's still – like the mayor around there, right? He's yeah. still the guy. So still nice to have him right in your back pocket, right? I imagine you're able to use him quite a, quite a bit still. Yeah, he's definitely tagged at uh, the top of my text messages, one of those quick, <laughs> quick message kind of guys. Well, let's move to Sun Prairie West, a brand-new yeah. high school, a brand-new program for Josh O'Connor. How's the first week going for you? I imagine it's a little bit crazier, a little bit more hectic getting this program off the ground, but really exciting times for you at Sun Prairie West. Yeah, it's been exciting, and you know it was a good first week. And I, we had some conversations this morning at our, our morning meetings, and the highlight for a lot of the kids was finally feeling like a football team and looking like <laughs> a football team. Um, wearing the same jerseys, everyone in the same colors, everyone having helmets on, you know, in the right direction. So... It's been a, uh, a challenge, to say the least, but most of those challenges have been what's been going on outside the football field um, in terms of the logistics of getting brand new equipment, um, getting kids to understand where to park and where not to park <laughs> on a brand new campus uh, and what to wear and what not to wear when they're in navy blue and light blue now. <laughs> um, but the stuff that's been going on on the field has been really good and we're taking a lot of steps forward. Um, excited to get to this week where at the end of this week we'll finally get to hit someone else other than other guys in navy blue. Well, how about for numbers? Where are you guys at obviously first year program? How are you looking numbers wise? Yeah so we're looking pretty good. When I took uh, the job they had said probably anticipated about 80 to 90. Um, some prairie last year had about 163 in their program so they were anticipating you know split that in half 80 to 90 and we're at I think this morning we were 107. Wow with probably four to five kids who are still looking to jump on board. So I think we'll even out around that 105 number. All, all three yeah. programs then, JV1, yep. JV2, yep. and nine through 12. Wow, yep. that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, having been a part of this for a long time, you always see Sun Prairie, Sun Prairie, and being in Middleton, it's always been the Cardinal rivalry. Now all of a sudden, you get your own identity. How long is it going to take before people say, oh, yeah, it is Sun Prairie East and West, not just Sun Prairie? I think if you live in the Sun Prairie area, it's pretty quick. Um, I know it'll probably take a while, and the biggest thing is Sun Prairie East will be Sun Prairie because it's the same colors, it's the same mascot name, and then we'll kind of be the, uh, the new team in town. So we'll be Sun Prairie West, and I'm sure they'll get referred to as Sun Prairie for a couple of years. But, you know, I think once we get through this first year of the transition, you know, everyone will be well aware that there's a Sun Prairie West and a Sun Prairie East. So what's, I guess, uh, uh, we'll start with Verona here first. Uh, the biggest change for you, now you were part of the staff before. What's the biggest challenge for you now as a first-year head coach? That's a great question. Um, taking over for Coach Richardson and uh, Coach Kramer, there was a lot of established identity in the way we did some sort of things. And 
it's a great challenge to try and take those ideas and mend them into our own new ideas a little bit. Uh, it's been a lot more tempo at practice and things like that, trying to treat it more like a college practice, getting our segments in, getting guys on the move, and making the most of our time. Um, and a big commitment to the film room and making sure that in our position groups we're able to talk and communicate um, so we're all on the same page pulling forward. We look at the facilities. Uh, we refer to, first of all, Sun Prairie, the new stadium, University of Wisconsin at Sun Prairie. And then Verona came in, and it was the same thing. And ironically, in the alternate season a year ago, the first game we covered was Verona at Sun Prairie. First of all, for you, Andrew, having that facility, maybe you don't have the scoreboard that Sun Prairie does yet, but having the turf field and then that weight facility, weight room overlooking it, how has that ha- impacted your program? Oh, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, we're able to use the gymnastics room as a team room for our meetings and everything at the start. We can branch out to our health rooms from there to have classroom time. We can use the weight room right after practice, and this is all on the same side of the building right by us. Uh, we're easy to move from the locker rooms out there and you know, then being able to go right out to the turf, have it there, the freshmen over on the grass. It's, it's unbelievable. And biggest thing to us is storage. Right? Having all that stuff available, be able to take it out uh, at, at a moment's ease. And out in Prairie, uh, Josh, both schools are on campus, but then you have the stadium at the old high school. I remember that one. That was a Friday night, the old days when the uh, home team was up on the hill. I mean, the fans are in the hill and everything. And your whole facility, uh, I mean, that had to be attractive when you were applying for the job. Yeah, and I, and I think some Prairie does a great job with facilities when they have the opportunity to put them together. And I think if you just look at the bank of Sun Prairie Stadium, that's you know eye-opening so you realize that this is a district that when they have a chance to put facilities together they do a really good job with that Um, and then that obviously is very clear when you walk into Sun Prairie West High School even though it's still technically under construction now uh, been able to see pretty much all the spaces in there uh, and it's going to be beautiful I think it'll rival uh, that Verona High School that they have, that's a beautiful one over there that I've seen. Josh O'Connor from Sun Prairie West, Andrew Riley from Verona with us here on the Coach's Roundtable on Zimbraconda's Prep Mania. Yeah, it is pretty cool, though, when you look at the stadium. One is Cardinals, the other is Wolves. <laughs> I mean, that's like an NFL stadium on, a, on game day, right? Well, and I think, too, now there's to be a Wolf there. In the, years, in the last true. couple of years, right, that's people true. were probably looking like, why they got this, this Wolf up on the board there? <laughs> Um, and it was kind of funny, our first, right before our first contact day, um, up on the scoreboard, they have the wolf and the cardinal, and for some reason the wolf had fallen out. There must oh, have been no. a windstorm that knocked it out. <laughs> so, you know, it was kind of like, oh, are we welcomed here right now? Like, <laughs> wolf got knocked out. That's funny. Uh, let's talk goals, guys. Andrew, I know you, you referenced the record at the top of our conversation, but, but what are some of your goals here in, in year one is obviously you're trying to, you talked about building a foundation, uh, try to build your own foundation, own identity. What's the big goals for you here in year one? Well, we want to you know, start a program that's going to be self-sufficient for you know, 20, 30 years. Hopefully I'm around for all that time. That'd be great, right? So um, start there. The seniors' big goals are starting off hot. We want to be able to be the best version of ourselves we can be every week, and I think that's you know, the details, the little things that we've been you know, we struggled with in the past a little bit. Um, and then to be competitive every single game. You know, we start week one at Muskego. That's a great litmus test right off the bat. Um, and then one of the toughest conferences in the area. We get Middleton in week four. We get them at home. They took it to us a little bit last year. Memorial we struggled with last year. So to be able to put ourselves in position to win the conference would be great. And the seniors' really big goal is to host a home playoff game, have that one in Verona, be able to come out, you know, sleep sleep in a little bit, come in, be able to ready to go um, and, and win that first playoff game. 
And Josh, brand new program for you. What are what are some goals for you in year one? Number one, it's and we this came from our, our leadership council. They said they, they want to leave a legacy. Make sure that this first year is something that people remember and then that the juniors, seniors, sophomores, youth off of. Um, and obviously there's a number of players on our team who finished their season last year on Camp Randall. So a lot of them want to get back there. Now we know there's a lot of work ahead of us for that. Um, and that comes down to you got to attack every single day. If we want to finish the season like we want to, we got to get better every single day, knowing we're already behind the eight ball because we're a brand new coaching staff. Yeah. Um, we're a brand new program. And honestly, we have a lot of players who didn't play football last year um, and have seen this as a new opportunity for them to play the great game of football. So they're stepping onto a football field for the first time in maybe two or three years. So we have a lot of work ahead of us. Yeah. And kind of like Coach Riley said there, take it one day at a time, get better and put our best selves out there uh, at the scrimmage this upcoming week. And then obviously week one and then move on from there. Uh, Josh, a couple of names, uh, some offense and a defense. So you have a few players that have come over from that team. But who's uh, impressed you so far? Maybe not just talent, but leadership-wise. Uh, number one would be Tori Mielke. He was a the left, starting left guard for the team last year. Um, leadership is off the charts. Um, he's the we call him the alpha, right? He leads the team. We're going to go where he goes. And then obviously he's a, a great offensive lineman. And then he's going to get some reps on the defensive line too. So will be an impact uh, player there for us. Jay Dane, another player for them last year playing D-line, and then he'll get the ball in his hands a little bit, playing running back. Um, another senior would be Will Davis, wide receiver, safety type of player. So those three in our senior class have really stepped up and uh, will look to to lead us through the season. And Andrew, Verona, you've you've got a couple of studs back, I know, last from all-conference, all-area last year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know you were mentioning when we walked in our, the Twitter post from the other day, and uh, our captains, our senior captains, have really been our leaders. Mason Armstrong, we joke, you know, the army of one. He's, he's an animal out there for us as a middle linebacker. Drake Badger on the defensive line. Just, just wrecking us in practice and making us have to really make sure we're double teaming that guy. Gotta love that name, Badger, right? Right. <laughs> How else could you not be from Wisconsin? He's, he's got a call guy. sign already for Matt. That's right. right, with the red hair and everything to go with it, he's yeah. he's good to go. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball in the backfield, we have Trey Ingram that'll be joining us for the first time. Uh, son of Bobby, the OC for the Badgers there, so he'll be you know our our bell cow back back there, and then Caden Kittleson, our senior quarterback, that's also voted captain. Well, that is awesome. Andrew Riley from Verona, Josh O'Connor from Sun Prairie West. Fellas, enjoy year one. Best of luck, and uh, we'll talk to again down the road. Sounds great. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks for having us. Coach's Roundtable rolls on next right here on Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania.